We have the Breeders' Cup Saturday edition of That's What G Said podcast. Going to go through every single horse in every Breeders' Cup race for Saturday. Break them all down. Want to mention a couple of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast. Make sure and go support them because they've really supported us and they help us do what we do here on a daily basis. First up, Stable Duel. They are back with the contest on Friday and Saturday for the Breeders' Cup, back to back at the Breeders' Cup. It is a free contest, completely free. You can go right now and sign up. And what's great about these contests, it's daily fantasy. If you're handicapping the Breeders' Cup races, you just go through the races, you pick a, a salary cap. And uh, I'm going to exp- explain the entire way to build your lineup for Friday, literally going through horses, salary cap, everything on the Friday Breeders' Cup episode. And then I mean, there's going to be another episode of That's What G Said coming out later this week where I go over your Saturday lineup and how to build it. Check it out. They pay out through 50th place. So it's not like a tournament where you just have to win the whole thing. It's 1500 first place on Friday, and they pay out 10 bucks all the way. If, if you're 40th or 50th, you're going to win 10 bucks. And then on Saturday, five grand to the winner, and they pay out 10 bucks all the way to 75th place. So get involved with Stable Duel. Also, next sponsor, check out calltopost.com. They have a free contest on Saturday. 500 in prizes and giveaways If you go to calltopost.com You sign up to become a member And it'll take you to the Slack I'm a member of the Slack And you can interact with other horse players uh, Experts, um, owners People who just love the game You can ask questions And you can uh, share your handicapping insight And then they have free handicapping contests On a lot of the big days So Really cool site And a couple ways you can get involved in Breeders' Cup stuff this weekend And maybe you don't have a lot of money with free contest from Stable Duel, and then on Saturday, free contest over at Call to Post. Become a member there. Let's get into the Breeders' Cup episode. Pumped for this one Hopefully all of you will be singing that theme song My good friend from high school Joey Cleveland wrote that That's what G said Theme song And the goal on this one will be to try to make a lot of money for you In that Breeders' Cup on Saturday Hope you've listened in to the Friday Breeders' Cup edition If you didn't, make sure to go check that out We went through all the Breeders' Cup races on Friday Going to do that here for Saturday as well Before we get into... Breeders' Cup, just get at that into that in just a minute. This is going to be really horse racing central show on Baby Watch right now. I'm I'm actually surprised we were able to get through this episode. I was really expecting uh, the little man uh, to come at any moment, and I thought he would come before I was able to get these episodes out. So, so far, Stephanie's doing great. The little guy could come at any moment now. So, just to everyone out there, do me a favor. Keep uh, while we're watching the races this weekend and having fun, and then you know watching the football games over the weekend and, and playing everything. Just keep uh keep us in mind and keep uh your fingers crossed. Keep us in your thoughts and prayers. Hopefully Stephanie and uh, my little man, everybody comes out safe. That's all I want. Just uh just safe and uh 
I'll be a, I'll be a very happy daddy. Big congrats to the Washington Nationals. Uh, you know they beat my Dodgers, but I got to give it up to them. They really deserve this win. What a season from the struggling start. Looked like they were going to sell off, you know, some of their players at the trade deadline. You know, people thought the way their season started, and, and then they just went on this incredible run once they got healthy, and they were one of the best teams in baseball for you know more than half of the season. They came from behind against the Brewers and against Hater in the wild card game. Came from behind against the Dodgers on the road in down two to one. Down in game five, they just crushed through the Cardinals. And then they were up against the Astros, you know, two games to nothing. It looked like they were going to go on to win easy. Of course, the Astros were able to battle back a little bit. And then uh, the injury to Scherzer kind of threw the series up. Scherzer was able to come back for game seven. And they they were able to work without, you know, a, a strong bullpen. And the Nationals get their first ever World Series victory. Congratulations to them and their fans. They were excellent. And, you know, you look through the series and it was really Rendon. He was just so tough in the elimination games and so so tough to get out. Soto, big, big moments. And uh, Kendrick was good all through the playoffs. And then their pitching, their pitching just carried them. So big congrats to the uh, the Washington Nats. Let's get right into the, the Breeders' Cup Saturday stuff. So we'll just go through quickly the the first few races because, like I said, I'm not gonna the same thing I did on a Friday. I'm not gonna spend a, a whole lot of time myself on Breeders' Cup pre races, so I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of money on those races. We'll we'll be focusing in on the Breeders' Cup races where we uh, we focus more, most of our time. So in the first race at Santa Anita, if you, I would just recommend the four just graze me. Make sure to include. Her. She sits the trip. She has some legitimate excuses for some of her poor performances. She's she's nice. Second race, the two extra hope. Gonna go second start off the bench. Last time I tried the grass was at the back of the pack. Was in tight. Was in in between. Was not in a great spot. It was the first try on the grass, and was probably farther back than he'd like to have been. And I think just a total toss and should be ready to take a nice step forward in this spot. Throw him in some of your exotics if you're playing. The one in race number three, Originaire, you're going to get him uh, to make a huge move. He's a stone-cold closer. He had to go too wide last time out, couldn't sustain the run. Just watch the price on him because, you know, he was right there with Noldy. Two back, he split horses, he was rallying late, and he just missed when Noldy was moving up the rail, it was a really nice runner-up effort. Mike Smith knows him well, and he should save all the ground and come running. So uh, if you're playing you know, anything early on, some horse to maybe toss in some of your exotics. I'm going to get to the Breeders' Cup, which starts in race number four. Just a quick mention of uh, one of the longtime supporters of That's What G Said podcast, Cindy Carava, full-service realtor. If you need anything in the uh, the field at all, give her a, a look. CindyCarava.com. She can help you with buying, with selling, with leasing. If you need to uh, improve your home with vendors, if you need help with a pre-approval, she can contact you with and put you in touch with lenders. And she is one of the nicest and most genuine people I've ever met. So go ahead, give Cindy uh, a call. I've I've known her for over a decade. She will take great, great care of you. CindyCarava.com. Give her an email. CindyC.Realtor at gmail.com. 
Breeders' Cup, race number four. The Philly and Mare Sprint, we start with Kofivi. And she's awesome at her best, right? And everyone's talking, you know, about the fact that she drew the rail. Seven furlongs. I'm not worried about her drawing the rail as much as I'm just worried about the fact that she is the inside most of a lot of the speed. She's going to have to deal with Danus because my girl right to her outside. Heaven has my Nikki also has speed. Come dancing's not exactly slow. I think she'll probably end up sitting a little bit more in this race. Same thing with Bellafina. She'll she'll probably be more off the pace. But Selcourt is pretty quick. And Spice Perfection, you know, is more of a sitter. So you're looking at Kofivi having to deal with at least... At least three legitimate speed horses and a really fast one in Selcourt. And Danus goes my girls right next door. That's my concern. The inside most with at least three other speeds. That's going to be a lot for Kofivi to deal with. And I'm a little concerned. Uh, you know, her last couple races, she she just crushed. Like it's And the, the Saratoga race is the one that jumps off the page. She was able to sit off a little bit, sit off of, of Serengeti Empress, and then she they threw down in the stretch, and Kofivi put her away late, and she came back to win at Churchill in a, a, an easy prep to set her up for this. Broke on top. She sat a length off. She moved, you know, moved the lead without really being asked from the outside. And the horse she beat, Bell's the one, came back to win the Raven run at Keeneland. I'm just a little worried about her in this spot. So, you know, we'll play against Kofivi on the win end in here. The two Danuskas, my girl, just feels like uh, this is uh, one of the, the two Dan Ward trained horses that were transferred from Hollendorfer. She just never really seemed comfortable last time out. She, bro- um, she broke mid-pack. She was squeezed out of a spot. She's won five of her last seven, three graded stakes, a couple at Santa Anita. She just didn't show a whole lot of interest last time out. Two back was a gate to wire winner. 21 shot. Heaven has my Nikki is looking for her fourth in a row. She is a graded stakes winner. Problem is a couple of her races have come against softer, and I just don't know if this is going to be a level that she can compete with going seven furlongs. She cleared the field early at Belmont in that grade three win. And she beat separation of powers that day. Came back to win next out. She was up by three quarters of a length early. It was a, me- a, a well-measured neck win for her. But she's going to have to deal with a lot of speed. And you'll be able to kind of tell by the way I play this race. I'm just going to be playing the horses, uh, the Phillies and Mares, who I think are going to be sitting just off the, the pace and coming from off of it. Four has come dancing. And she's had a pretty interesting year. She's now a millionaire. And she's a grade one winner. And... If you look, she won a couple races to in April and May to start her season. And then she was favored over Midnight Bisu. She was second that day. She kind of had a slow start, but she was no match. Um, she really just crushed her rivals in her last couple starts. She's, uh, you know, had some issues with slow starts. She did miss the break in her last time start. She was like last... A five, three wide, basically all the way around. She was never that far out of it. I do think she looks like the one to beat in here, though. So to me, she's a horse that I can't really leave out of any of my exotics. I think she'll get a nice trip. She should be able to sit to the outside of maybe Kofivi. Dan Nuska's my girl. Heaven has my Nikki. I imagine Selcourt will go, and she'll sit behind them. But she has positional speed. She can go. I just don't think she's quite as uh, as fast as, as some of those. Lady Ninja... 
She's a grade three winner. You know, she was actually running for twenty five thousand less than a year ago. In her most recent start, she you broke well from the rail. She sat close up from the inside. She was just a couple lengths off at the most. She waited patiently. She split horses. She just got up and went ahead. Bob over Selcourt. She's in nice form. Just feels like a little bit too much for her. She's only ten to one in here. Bella Fina. She was your Kentucky Oaks favorite, and then it, it just hasn't you know been a very good second half of the season for her. Couple nice wins to begin. She was your beaten favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies last year. And now she's in the Philly and Mare Sprint. She sprinted in the test. She was behind Kofivi. And then she went in the Cotillion. In in the test, she was taken back to last. You could tell they were kind of determined to take her back. She was on the inside, but they then had traffic to deal with. She got into the clear. But she never was able to really make a dent on Kofivi and Serengeti. It was a little bit better than it looked on paper, though. Last out, she was a bit slow. She was able to get right into, the, I think, the spot she wanted. Right up to second, she was pressing Jaywalk. She put Jaywalk away, but she was just no match for Gorana or Streetband at the top of the lane. She faded back to fourth. And now she comes back home. She loves Santa Anita. And if you want to give Bellafina another shot, I'm not against doing so. I have her in the third spot here. She she has every opportunity to get back to her best coming home. The question is, is that best even good enough, though, to compete if if a horse like Come Dancing or Kofivi do show up at their best? Selcourt, she's going to battle up front. She's a major pace factor. She's a, a multiple-graded stakes winner, and she got a clear lead last out. She, honestly, she just got run down. And, you know, that that happens. It was her first start since March. Now she's going to go second off. She looks to be the outside of the speed. She's capable of big races, but she hasn't quite been at her top level this year. And I don't know if seven furlongs is where she's best. You know, she's run big races there, but if she has other speed to deal with, I don't I don't think she's going to be able to battle it out and, and stay at the trip. My top selection in here is going to be the eight, Dawn the Destroyer. I've been following this mare for a little while. I liked her race in the Ballerino when she was behind Come Dancing. She was actually a little closer up than she would like to be. Then she took back a bit to fifth. She was like three off. She closed well for a clear-cut second behind Come Dancing. And then at Keeneland, she just missed behind Spice Perfection. She was at the back of the pack. She was maybe eight, nine off. She was dead last at the top of the lane. She angled out five wide and just missed. And seven furlongs, she should she have some speed in here to chase. She doesn't have to be as far back as she was going six. Let's give Dawn the Destroyer the top billing in here. We'll make a, a win wager on her if we can get like anything around 10 to 1 or so. The multiple grade 1 winner Spiced Perfection rounds out the field coming off a grade 2 win last out. This is a nice Calbred filly, but she will face the toughest test of her life. She's never faced a Kofivi or a Come Dancing type. And... Last out, she had a terrible start. She had to move up the inside. She ran into a bit of traffic, but she stayed settled. She split horses, and she rallied, and then she split horses again in the stretch. She held off on the Destroyer. Did that race take a little too much out of her? That was her first start off a five-month break. I wonder. And at seven furlongs, she has won, and she's run a couple big races, but can she do it against a group like this? 
Uh, this race, 8, 4, 6, 9, with Dawn the Destroyer and Come Dancing with Bellafina and Spice Perfection. Kofivi, if you're playing exact as try supers, I'm not going to talk you off playing Kofivi. I'm just not going to be using her on the win end to start the uh, the early pick four. Um, you know, I, I would maybe... If I'm I'm the way you you approach your tickets, if you're playing uh, other races where you're not going to be using some of the uh, the favorites or some of the shorter priced horses, then maybe you include her. But I just don't really like the way the race shapes up all that well for her. Um, and if she wins and she beats me at a short price, then I'll be okay and and have a lot of other exotics to play throughout the throughout the card. Fifth race, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Generally, I don't really like these turf sprints as much. And then when I got into this race, I really thought it was a good one because there are a lot of different ways to go. We start out with Totally Boss, who he's had a really nice 2019. Four for five with the second where he just missed behind Om back in June at Churchill. Last out at Kentucky, sat just off the pace setter. He was always within a length. He was in the two path. He put away the leader early in the stretch. It was very nice, but he now draws the rail. And he sat a trip that was really the winning type trip at Kentucky Downs that time. The speed, there, you'll see some horses show up throughout the card on Saturday that ran really well at Kentucky, but they were able to kind of sit a, a nice trip. And that was track was playing really weird and not kind to horses coming from out of it. Pure sensation is really quick. He used to have a little bit of uh, a more... Sit off the pace I don't think he really wants to do that as much But he might be the speed of the speed So really who cares if he, he's going to sit in here He was asked for speed from the outside He cleared the field last time out from post 11 And he got a slight challenge From a long shot But he he shook that one off And he was able to to kick clear This is fourth time in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint He finished 8th, 3rd, and 5th The last few times He's really in as nice a form as ever As an 8 year old You look back at Saratoga on August the 3rd He was kind of outrun early which is rare So he tried to sit a little bit off the pace That just doesn't feel like it's as much of his game Right now it wasn't bad He was behind Leinster In that race And we get to the three Imprimis Who's going to go third start off the bench now And I I really like him a lot in here I'd I'd be surprised if he's not bet down a little bit And if he's around like 5-1 to Let's make a nice win wager On him This just feels like a wide open race That's why I'm I'm expecting him to probably end up around, you know, nine to two, five to one, and and there probably be a lot of horses around that price. He's really just had tough, tough trips in his last couple. Everybody's, I'm sure, probably seen them, seen those trips. Not um, September the seventh, he had a good start. He sat inside. He was third, fourth. He was just two off, but he was buried down inside, and he never really got a chance to run. He was unlucky. And then last time out. He saved ground on the inside, but he was in the third flight behind horses. He was traveling well. He tried to angle in between, but he had nowhere to go. He got shut off. He he lost a couple lengths. He moved up again into contention, but he was trapped behind horses. He was surrounded with no room. He had to wait. He lost all chance, and he finally got room late when it was uh, you know way too tough to win that race. It was just impossible. He, he was third, and... With a smooth trip, he can absolutely win. And because of those last two races, maybe he's inflated because he finished third and fourth. And hopefully he doesn't get down because of those trips. The four, Shecky Shabazz was very quick, got the lead, but did have to work a bit to keep it. 
had the lead at the top of the lane, but couldn't really hold off Final Frontier. Did beat Final Frontier two back, going five and a half. I'm a little worried that just there's going to be a little too much speed in here for Shecky Shabazz. With pure sensation alone, those two will definitely be going quick. And it's not like a, a lot of these other horses are slow. Legends of War is not going to be far out of it. And then there's so many that are just going to be pressing. Or if they break well, they might as well just go on with it. Stubbins, they've always been a fan of, of Stubbins. He's shown a lot of ability from early on. He's been in some tough races too. And it's... When he, he's really just started to focus on the turf sprints where, you know, you put a line through the La Jolla and you look at his last three turf sprints, they've been really good. Make an excuse for the UAE Derby. He likes it here at Santa Anita. September the 12th, he broke well. He finished behind his stablemate, Legends of War. He ended up, you know, three deep, four off. He angled out. And that was another one of those days when the horses on the front end played really well. And so I thought... Stubbins ran well coming from off of it Last out he had a slow start He was dead last He was ninth, You know 10 lengths off or so At one point he saved ground He got a great opening at the top of the lane And He went You know From about 5 off he was able to get Get that opening And Give him a clear run down the stretch And he won the grade 2 at Keeneland I think he fits in here I'm gonna ha- th- Like I have six horses And I like Imprimis the most I have you know like maybe a top Tier of three and then the, a next tier of three and, and Stubbins is in that Along with Stormy Liberal Who's your two time Breeders Cup champ Two time Breeders Cup turf sprint champ He won this in 2017 And in 2018 at five furlongs And then at five and a half furlongs I just I like him, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's primed for this race because this has been his goal all along. But he's 0 for six on the year, and he hasn't exactly been his best. He hasn't exactly been bad either. I'm okay with talk with tossing the race at Kentucky because a lot of horses don't like that track. That's fine. But I have him in this second flight. I don't really feel like he's quite at the top with with the top three, for me at least. Stormy Liberal, a lot of respect for him. Have him in a fantasy league. Leinster's last couple races, he's been behind Totally Boss and Stubbins. And he was in front of Imprimis, who actually, you know, ran really well and also had trouble. On the September 7th race at Kentucky, he was mid pack. He uh, kind of worked his way up to fourth, fifth. He was just a couple lengths off. He angled out five wide. He was no match for the winner. And then it was last out where he was fourth, fifth. He was too deep. He was three off. He angled. Um, into the clear He kept Imprimis pinned in He took the lead but he couldn't hold off Stubbins Wouldn't talk you off him I just like a, uh, there's a little bit more in here Of the Doug O'Neills I prefer Stubbins to Legends of War But Legends of War it was a grade 3 winner Last time out actually beat Stubbins He just took advantage of a speed favoring Course but it's not exactly Like he's a horse who only Needs the lead he can sit a bit I think he's just best when he's right up on the front end Especially against a group like this And will he be able to to deal with the type of pressure That he may have to against this type This type of group Final Frontiers had a really nice trip In winning at Belmont on October the 5th It was a good start He was in the second flight He was too deep He was 
not more than two lengths off. He loomed up three wide. He got by Shecky Shabazz mid stretch. Another who would be no shock in a wide open race. Eddie Haskell, he could float up a little bit, even though he's a local horse. He's ran, he's just had such a good year, and he's been so good, even in, in his races when he's been defeated. He can adapt to any pace scenario. He chased lone speed of Mr. Vargas on August the 17th, and he had a tough trip from the rail last time out. He was right with the leaders, then he got squeezed back. He lost. Four lengths, he angled out He really got rolling uh, He's hard to leave out of your exotics And if he's like five, six to one Maybe he floats up a bit Make sure to include him I have him fourth in here just because I'm Kind of putting him in, in order maybe of, of, of price a bit, but he's right there with that, In that third, fourth Om just missed in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint a couple years ago down, Going down the hill at Santa Anita Five furlongs just feels a little too short For him we did see him winning at five and a half last out, and he beat Totally Boss, undrafted, smart remark, a, a pretty decent group of turf sprinters. He was kept wide. He was four deep. He was just three lengths off, and then he he tucked in for a little bit. He angled back to the outside. He got moving, and he was able to just kind of get to the lead at the right time and hold off Totally Boss. Belvoir Bay, kind of a forgotten horse. She's capable of really, really big efforts As she showed in Dubai earlier in the year When behind the very nice blue point We saw her back in June She was close up second inside World of Trouble She took back and around She angled up to within a length She was no match for World But it was a really good effort It was second best that day I thought, And, and faded to fourth Now she shows back up here I have her picked in the second spot and I have this race with Imprimis on top of Belvoir Bay with Pure Sensation and Eddie Haskell right there behind them and then Stormy Liberal and Stubbins to round out the exotics in the fifth. Sixth race is the Big Ass Fans Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Yeah, the Big Ass Fans sponsor the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. It's also the start of a pick four I'm not going to give you like a specific ticket for this race At the end I'll give you a couple tickets I'll give you one for the pick Four that starts in race four And then I'll give you one for the pick five that starts in race eight And then you'll be able to pretty much tell How I'll play the exotics Because it'll go through four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 10, 11, 12 All the way through Giant Expectations is coming off a runner-up effort Back in August In the Pat O'Brien He was just getting a great trip He was Sitting sixth and his five rivals All lined up across the track early He angled around, you know, four or five wide He got the lead, but Catalina Cruiser Was able to battle back after Giant Expectations Stuck his nose in front This is his third time in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile He finished fifth and sixth in, in 2017 He was uh, sixth, 2018 He was fifth He has had some issues with slow starts And I think he would need things to go Everything his way In order to beat this group Oh, another horse who had some problems at the start is Improbable. He was actually your Kentucky Derby favorite and your Preakness favorite. And the issue with Improbable, who was really good and undefeated at two, and then at three, he's only won the one race in the shared belief in a short kind of small stakes down at Del Mar. We always wondered if he he didn't really want to go 
farther than a mile And so this mile, he should really have no excuses here He was acting up in the gate last time out in the in the Penn Derby He had a slow start, he was last, he was early on, you know, sixth You know, five, six off And then he moved inside and he was able to get up to fourth And he, he wasn't too far out of it But he was just a little flat late Another race where he took a lot of money And I'm sure he'll take a lot of money again in here And I'm not going to be using him I'm against him Spunder Run comes off a big, big effort He was behind A couple of these in the Pennsylvania Derby On September the 21st He was right behind him, probable And then he came back to crush He beat a couple next out winners On October the 12th He was able to get to the lead early Sat a close second And then just the length off, made an early move to the lead, and at the top of the lane, he was you know up by five. I feel like this is a, a little too much for him, though. I'm kind of surprised he's that short a price. Maybe maybe I'm I'm just not seeing him, but I'm I'm not quite as high on him. I do like Mr. Money. He might be one of my best bets on the on the day. He's just a really really sharp horse right now. And he just missed last out in the Pennsylvania Derby After rattling off a nice stretch of four consecutive victories He was a horse who was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year And he was fourth, he really wasn't bad And the start of the year, he was one they tried to get into the Kentucky Derby But then they decided, you know what, they cut him back for the Pat Day Mile He wins impressively And then they took a a different route and said Let's go to these middle tier derbies um, grade 3 Matt Wynn Then the Indiana Derby West Virginia Derby Then they stepped up in the in the grade 1 Penn Derby And beat some really nice 3 year olds Now gonna have to deal with Older And better Of course like Omaha Beach right next door I think the cutback to a mile Will help Mr. Money the f- I like the fact that he has speed But he doesn't really need the lead He had a length lead at the top of the stretch And he looked like he was going to hold them all off They were kind of all coming at him And he was holding them all off And then Math Wizard comes flying down the ins- uh, the middle Outside of the uh, the track and gets him You always wonder in a spot like that If Mr. Money really saw him or not But even, even if just a, a neck defeat Not a really good effort And I'm going to give him the look in here Unbelievable what we saw from Omaha Beach He's won four con- consecutive races From his maiden to the Rebel To the Arkansas Derby He would not He would have been the Kentucky Derby favorite But then he had to scratch He had a lot of setbacks It seemed like he was going to come back Three or four different times In three or four different races And every time he had a setback He ends up going in the six furlong sprint race Where... I don't know if anybody really thought he was going to win Looked like a nice prep And he really just dug in And, and got up th- on the inside He was close up early on, he was in the two path He was two off And, and then he was in the inside Just right behind Chancelot, waiting for room Got an opening inside when Chancelot Moved you know, to the middle of the racetrack And he just got up in the final 50 yards or so Omaha Beach A deserving favorite in here He's lightly raced I'm going to put him in the third spot I'm going to use him in most of the exotics I like Mr. Money better just because from a value-based standpoint I think you'll probably get 9-2 to two on Mr. Money And Omaha Beach is going to get bet down in here Ambassadorial was towards the rear He was in between He was three deep in his last start He gradually worked his way up into the clear He was, you know, he was in sixth, three deep He really tried hard He was grinding up for a well-beaten third That was at Chelmsford 
I just don't know what to think of him going the the mile on the dirt against this quality with some horses that have some really nice speed in here. Cole Front went right to the front, was able to clear a length. He faced some token pressure from Diamond King, slightly passed prior to the top of the stretch, but was able to battle back on the inside. That was at Parks in the Parks Dirt Mile prep. He won the Godolphin Mile earlier this year. Type of horse who might get left alone in here, maybe forgotten about a, a little bit, but he should be adding some speed at the very least. The eight blue chipper, he is really impressive. If you can go and watch a couple of his horses, a uh, couple of his horse, a couple of his races on YouTube on July the twenty eighth, he got the lead pretty easily. He sat second. He was just behind, and he was like playing with his rivals on July the twenty eighth. In the owner's cup And then in the Korea sprint He crossed over from the outside to the two path He was pressing He was always traveling well He was able to wear down the pace setter late And draw off Visually I liked what I saw from him I'm actually going to use him in the bottom of some exotics I think he's kind of an interesting horse I don't know if he's good enough to win Diamond Oops was really good You know in all of his last three starts The ones that I really liked was the Vanderbilt when he was too deep, he was fourth, fifth, he was two, three off. He kept to the middle of the track and he went right by Matoli. He was a clear cut second that day. And then he came back and he went long on the grass and he was a, nut, the, a runner up again. Another really good effort. Flashed good speed in between, into the turn. He had to work to stay in front, but he was able to, you know, battle. He had the lead till late, and he held second pretty nicely behind Bowie's hero. Snapper Sinclair, probably an under in the exotics. He comes off just a monster win at Kentucky on the grass going long. So you'll see Diamond Oops also coming off the grass and Snapper Sinclair. Snapper Sinclair was in tight, then he was in between horses. He steadied, he lost ground. Lost a couple lengths, then he angled out widest of all. It was it was a pretty incredible effort. I don't know if he's going to be able to translate that form over to the dirt though and compete with the top level. He just seems like he he hasn't really faced a horse at 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 this level. Play the four, Mister Money. If we can get anything, you know, four to one or so. The nine, Diamond Oops. The five, Omaha Beach, in the third spot, and then behind them I have Blue Chipper. The 8 and the 10, Snapper Sinclair If you were looking for some deep horses to use In your exotics, but to me This is a, a 4 to win I'll play a nice exotics uh, Pick 4 where we play the, the 4 with the single And then we'll come back on another ticket Where we use the uh, the 4 5 and the 9 Don't forget right now as you're listening in Go and sign up for Stable Duel It is free to enter Download the app on your iOS or Android Devices and get involved Build your lineup uh, you can hear how to build a lineup on Friday with the Friday in the Friday Breeders Cup podcast, and then I'll be building in a, a Saturday lineup in the next podcast coming up in just a few days. Seventh race Breeders Cup Philly and Mare Turf. We'll start with the one Iridessa. Last we saw her, she was third over at New Market. She was a close up fourth fish. She was in between. She was just three lengths off. She responded pretty well. She was four deep in between. She just caught 
you know, I, I, she just kind of horse was pretty good that day and she couldn't go on with the top two. She doesn't have to be too far out of it. And she's a grade one winner, multiple group one winner. She, you know, she's in the last five, she's won a couple group ones. What do we do with Sister Charlie? Last year's winner, just as impressive as they come. One of the absolute best in training. And I'm going to take a shot against her. It could, you know, the later in the card on Breeders' Cup Saturday, it could get a little bit formful. And I'm just getting, I'm looking at these races going, I'm going to have to pick two or three where I'm not going to be using the heavy favorite in most of the exotics, and at least in the top spots, if I want to try to make some money. I mean, she's coming off uh, her a three for three perfect season so far. She's d- by far the best in here, and that's what I, it took me a little while. But, but then I was able to find at least a couple that I'm okay with, w- that I'm fine with using and trying to beat her. And I, I think legitimately can win this race if she's not at her absolute best. And I, I'm not gonna. Talk you off using her I'm not going to say I don't think she is the most likely winner I'm going to say from the way that the, the the Saturday Breeders' Cup card shapes up I gotta have to take some shots against some favorites And this will probably be one on the win end And a lot of people will probably be singling her To end pick fours and To start pick sixes But for me I'm not going to play a pick six I'll, pro- I'll play a pick five So I'm okay with trying to maybe Play against her in some spots And maybe I'll play her in One backup ticket Where I'm singling Mr. Money Because he's not going to be a chalk If I got Mr. Money home And then a long shot in one of the other two races I'd like to have Sister Charlie to close things out Fleeting Was A pretty good second Two starts back At Longchamp win 11 of 12 was you know 8-10 lengths off Was too deep Loomed up Angle 2 from the outside Started flying down the middle Had to wait before angling out And that you know That might have cost her the W What concerns me about fleeting You know She lost pretty easily in the Beverly D To Sister Charlie And she just kind of came on late But she's run September 15th October 6th And October 19th Now she comes over here That feels like too much I like the 4 Billston Brook a, a, a bit She's going to go second start off the bench She was taken back inside She was 4-5 or five off She was right inside of Iridesa She kept to the inside She got a nice opening 3 deep in between I thought uh, I thought it was a pretty strong W She's won a couple in a row now She's been in really nice form over her last 4 starts I'm going to make her my slight top selection in here Billston Brook Mirth is hurt by the uh, the rabbit Thais Who is right next door to her Because Mirth would be competitive In this kind of a race if she was able to get to the lead And I don't know if that's going to happen With Thais and yes Mirth Can come from off the pace but can she come From off the pace And hold off You know types like Sister Charlie I think the only way she'd be able to Win a race like this would be if she could steal the race And that won't happen with the horse like Thais right next door Who's the rabbit for Sister Charlie What do I mean by that Well she's owned and trained by the same Owner and trainer And they put her in this race To make the race go fast enough To set up for Sister Charlie If you notice she's been defeated by Sister Charlie A ton in her past performances Five out of her last six races She's improving And one of these days she's going to steal a race That she's not supposed to win 
But her her job in here is just to make sure that someone like Mirth doesn't go gate to wire. Vasilica is now partially in the Janet Hollendorfer name as far as the owners are concerned and the Dan Ward name as far as the trainers are concerned. I think it's kind of crap that Jerry Hollendorfer isn't allowed to train. Um, I don't think he's someone that deserves all the blame for what's happened at Santa Anita. I don't like the fact that it, it seems kind of weird. If you thought he was the reason and and he w- was the reason for unhealthy horses, but you're just going to let him put him in someone else's name that we all know is an assisted trainer, I think it was he, he shouldn't have ever had his name taken off and he should never have been banned to begin with. But that's that's just an entirely different story. N- not, a, a lot of things don't, don't, don't make sense uh, in horse racing. Basilica being an amazing claim does. This came for 40,000. Ran second against optional 40 And then won 13 of the next 16 races Finishing third, third, and fourth In the ones she didn't win This is an 8 time graded stakes winner now Last out was Just too far back She was ninth. she was 10th, she was 10 plus off She closed well Late, you know, for a non-threatening third But she was just too far back Now she comes back home Look over this turf course, she's been 11 for 12 At Santa Anita I wouldn't talk you off using her in the middle to bottom exotics. I just I don't have her on top with with the uh, with the best in here. Castle Lady going to be facing older was in the QE two cup behind Cambier Park. She was a close up for uh, fourth inside, you know, fourth fifth, uh, just within a couple lengths. She waited patiently. She angled too deep, but she couldn't get to Cambier Park. Mm. She's a Group One winner. Just like others, uh, a bit more in here. Villa Marina's got a big shot. Last we saw her, she was about six, seven lengths off. She was two, three deep in the outside. She held pretty well. She angled to the five, six path, and she she moved really strong to the lead, and she held off fleeting. Two back, she was behind a horse named Starcatcher, who won four in a row, top level, three of them grade ones. This is a nice filly with some upside, lightly raced. I'm going to be using her in... Most of the exotics The 10 Mississippi was behind Sister Charlie last time out She was dead last, she was 2-3 lengths behind uh, Sister Charlie Who, and they were both you know, 15 lengths or so behind the runaway Rabbit Mississippi split horses and she tried to Follow Sister Charlie, she was a fine second She just kind of couldn't really go on With that classy one Couldn't really get closer than maybe 3 quarters Of a length to a length behind She finished 3 quarters of a length behind just wonderful over oh, the last eight. She was three deep into the turn in the first lady. She was seventh. She was eighth. She lost some ground. She was right outside of Uni and just could not go on with Uni. Need to see a little more from her. Fanny Logan. She's looking for her fifth in a row. She's stepping up. She is a, a group three winner last out. She was fifth of eight. She was six off. She was covered up, but she was kind of in the clear, right? She was covered up towards the outside, and so she was able to nicely just tip outside and get a geared down win. Detori was up for that victory. Going to be up again. If you're trying to beat Sister Charlie, I think this is another legitimate way to go. So I thought the 4, 12, 9, and 1 were all opportunities if you're looking for a chance to beat the, the big mare. 
And if you're not, I'm 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 completely fine with that. I don't think she's like a likely loser. I just think you got to pick one of these races, and and I like a couple of the other short price horses a, a bit more. I I think more so. I feel like in this race there are some lightly raced horses that have a little bit of upside. So let's play a pick four that goes four, five, six, seven, and we'll play a pick five that starts in the eighth race. We'll give you those tickets right at the end. Breeders' Cup Sprint, race number eight. We start with Catalina Cruiser. It's funny when you can say a horse kind of feels like he's had a disappointing year when he's been three for three and he's won three grade twos. He's undefeated. But he was your Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile favorite last year when he was disappointing sixth at, at Churchill. And the connections felt like they had bigger plans for him, like he was going to be a classic type horse. He hasn't really been as flashy as last year, but if you're just looking at numbers and figures, he's been pretty close to where where he was. His only loss was in that Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. This year, he's been more of like a just-done-enough type horse. Like in his last start, he was four wide. He was pressing all the way around. It was it was a tough trip, and then he was passed. He was back a half-length behind Giant Expectations, and then he came back on again and looked like he could have kind of drew off. The rail concerns me a little bit, but there are a couple horses that are big enough or that have are capable of big enough efforts or throwing up a big enough race to beat Matoli. And, and this is one of them, Catalina Cruiser. And he has the versatility with the speed to work out a trip from, from the inside. In the San Diego, two back, people were kind of knocking his race. And, and look who he beat, Mongolian Groom, who we're going to see later in the Classic, and who's now a grade one winner. So that race looks a little bit better on paper Hawk Creek Hustle will Unlaunch a nice late rally He should be rolling late I just would like him a little bit more at 7 Furlongs, he feels more like An under type at bottom of the exotics Last time out he was 2 from the back He was 8th of 9, he about 6-7 lengths off He never really Was able to get into the clear And and unleash, unleash his normal rally It was like a little bit sneaky trouble Behind horses Don't completely dismiss him this to me might be the most wide open race of the day And I think a lot of people will probably just single in on Matoli And that's just not going to be my approach in this race at all either Forenzi Fire I've chased him quite a bit Another fantasy horse of uh, Fight on Gino Fantasy Stables He is coming off a really tough beat When he made Imperial work hard early and then he tracked He was about a length and a half off He loomed up, he took the lead And he just got nailed late It was a really tough beat The Vanderbilt back on July the 27th Kind of moved into a bad rail Went up the inside when he shouldn't have August the 24th In the four go Just never could really threaten Matoli So when you look at who he's lost to recently Matoli, Imperial Hint, Matoli, Imperial Hint Problem is he's going to have to beat Matoli or Imperial Hint in here can he do so? Coming off a big race, not at Belmont Park. More of an under. If he's the type of horse I, I get off, uh, he'll probably win because I, I promise you I've played him a ton of times. Nick, double digits would would be where you need, I, I think, to play him. Awesome year for Matoli. Five for six. Now he's over two million in earnings. He was a. You go back to the Churchill race. And he sat nicely And that was the race where he kind of started to show That he can sit off the pace a little bit Even if it's just a half length to a length just He doesn't have to have to get caught up If, if a couple horses are going to go battle 
And then in the Met, I still he, – he ran great, but I still think McKenzie was going to win that race if McKenzie didn't get into some trouble. Comes back in the Vanderbilt, and he's drawn on the inside, and Matoli just didn't like it, couldn't really deal with a lot of the pressure, and, and he faded that day, and he finished third as your big favorite. Came back and crushed in the four-go, and I think he's a deserving top – Contender in here But he, he has speed He's going to have to deal with Chance a lot To his outside Who's also very quick Imperial Hint should be sitting right there And Imperial Hint has beat Has beat him I'm I'm going to be leaving out Matoli In a, a lot of the top spots The five is engage, And so now You know in back to back races Where you guys are probably thinking What you're leaving out Sister Charlie and Matoli and it's not that I don't think they can win the races, but I can't on this sa- on like a Saturday Breeders' Cup day play Sister Charlie and then Matoli, and then right after there's a, a Breeders' Cup mile that I think there there's one horse that I really like who I think will probably get bet a little bit. And you go to the tenth race and Midnight Beast is going to be really tough in there. And then you go to the 11th race and you got bricks and mortar in there. So you got to pick and choose. I mean, there's going to be a couple races where you're going to have to use the favorites. You can't chuck them all out. But if you just are playing a pick four, pick five, and it's favorite, 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 favorite all the way through, you're just not going to make money in the long run doing that. And you won't make money in the long run when you really put yourself in situations where you even have opportunities to lose money. You have to kind of have pick one or two races where you just say, okay, this is the race where I'm going to make a, you know, take a stand and and I'll chuck a horse out that's going to be the short price. Like what we've seen from Engage in two starts now for uh, Asmussen, he was fine for Brown, but it seems like he just improved a little bit in order to, you know, take a small step forward. Last time out, he was kept in the clear. He was three deep most of the way. He was about four or five off. He worked up and angled out five wide at the top of the lane. He held off Whitmore. It was an obvious improvement. And he's one that's just tough to to know. Can he take another step forward and deal with the the top top sprinters? Chancelot is really, really quick. And he has been, you know, just defeated in his last couple starts. They were pretty Pretty tough beats back to back In the Jerkins he was down on the inside A day that might have been a tough rail Down there you deal with a lot of speed That was going 7 furlongs He cut back to 6 and then he had to Worry about Omaha Beach up the inside And if he doesn't drift If Omaha Beach has to angle around him Chancelot would win that race He was 2-3 lengths clear early He put away Flagstaff's challenge He floated a bit wide And that let Omaha Beach up the inside can he clear this field now with no Landiscog? Maybe Matoli like sits a little bit and lets him go. Maybe Matoli's a little more worried about Imperial Hint. And he's trying to wait to make a move. And maybe Chancelot sneaks away. Whitmore, who was second in the Breeders' Cup Sprint last year. Another one who, who you come into this year just expecting so much from off of that runner-up effort last year. He starts in March with a, a win, and then he's behind Matoli a couple times. And he just never Middle of the year he just didn't quite see him himself And he came back and ran well In the Phoenix Dead last after the bobbled start He came flying late, he angled out He 
couldn't get to engage, who seemed to be holding him a little bit at bay late, but at a price underneath, Whitmore's capable of big efforts. He was your runner up last year. Could be a maybe a nice bottom of exotics horse. Scratch the eight, Landiscog. Imperial Hint looks like the one to beat in here. I'm going to make him my top selection. He is just capable of monster, monster outings when I, when he sits. He can win going wire to wire like he showed in the Vosburg, but he's better when he's able to sit and he has a target. And I'm I'm just hoping that that that's the decision that they make today. Let's sit maybe two or three lengths off. He was third last year as your favorite behind Roy H. He battled back to win when it looked like Frenzy Fire was going to get him in the Vosburg. He can show some speed if need be. He was third in the Dubai Golden Shaheen, though behind Matera Sky. Which is funny to the outside. Matera Sky is 0 for his last 7. Can he win a race like this? I don't know, but he proved he could be competitive when he was behind XY Jet and in front of Imperial Hint. He's quick. He was able to press XY Jet in the Golden Shaheen. And so he showed he can keep up with legitimate speed. He just isn't in a very good form right now. He ran an okay second in that race in the Golden Shaheen when he wasn't in the best of form. Throw him in the bottom of your tries and your supers. Let's put the nine Imperial Hint on top of the one Catalina Cruiser on top of the six Chancelot. I think he'll show some speed. Then Matoli behind them. With Forenzi Fire uh, and Matera Sky, if you're looking for deep prices, Hog Creek Hustle, you know, just in the third and fourth spots, maybe, or if you're playing super high fives, even bottom bottoms. But Imperial Hint, Catalina Cruiser, and Chancelot are for me the the, the top tier, and that's why we'll. I think with those three, we can take a, a shot against Matoli because to me, they think like there are many ways Matoli loses, and one of those three has a really really big effort. They're all capable of of big efforts, and I just don't want to take that short of a price on Matoli when there are others in here who can also, you know, show up at the freak show type performance. Ninth race, started your late pick four. It is the Breeders' Cup Mile. Sedua was at Keeneland on October the 5th, was pushed four wide into the turn, but was able to get to the rail, was 10th, was just six lengths off, but was buried. Angled around seven, eight wide at the top of the lane and just missed second. Finished third. Seems like more of an under type. Gonna have to deal with Space Traveler and, and Bowie's Hero again. Luke Cullen. It was a nice winner at Belmont in the Knickerbocker Was too deep, was in between, was just two, three lengths off Was fourth, was fifth, moved to the lead Held pretty well, though, was zigging and zagging a bit late Tough spot, though For Luke Cullen Even though I really don't feel like this is The most difficult Breeders' Cup mile You look at most of these They don't really feel like legitimate grade one types And we get to Space Traveler Who I think I think you could use underneath. I have Space Traveler in, in picked in third. Multiple group stakes winner was taken to the rear last time out, was on the inside, was covered up, was five, six off, was last, slowly angled to the outside, rallied. Uh it was a really nice, strong late rally. Was a well measured win. Not facing necessarily like the top, top company though. Tra Floors, the four, comes in from France, where he most recently was third. He sat Third, it was in a, a small field in a very, very slow pace. 
He got an opening for a moment, but he really couldn't hit that hole. And he couldn't run down the two who were in front of him because they were just going real slowly early on. The five true valor, back to back graded stakes winner, going a mile. He sat nicely on the inside, saved all the ground. He waited for room. He angled out in between. He was three deep, then four deep in a, in a blanket finish, just able to get up. Those weren't very strong races, though. This isn't strong, but this is still a step up for him. He's going to have to face a really nice filly to his outside, got stormy. And here's my my thing. I, I think she's going to take a lot of money in here, but how good is she? The four-star Dave was great, and the Woodbine Mile was really good. But when you go through her form, she was third in the Jenny Wiley. She came back. She was a runner-up in the Distaff Mile, and then... She faced a softer group in the De La Rose, and that was the race that kind of woke her up a little bit. Then she was able to face boys and, and do a really good job in the four-star day. She's absolutely crushed that group. Last time out, she was in between horses. She sat second. She was two off at the at the most. She was in fourth. She worked up, and, and you know she took the lead at the top of the the stretch, she had a half-length lead. She couldn't hold off El Tormenta up the inside. The win in the four-star Dave, though, you know, she beat him easily. But when you go back and watch it, the, the more, and why I guess I'm a little against her today, and I, I won't be using her in the exotics, is because I think she kind of fell into that win. It was like a really weird race where there was a runoff early on. She was 15 lengths or so behind and she kind of fell into it and she fell in front of Uni, who I like actually better than her coming out of that same race. She beat Uni. So I'll be against gets, Got Stormy in here. Bolo really just needs things to go his own way. He was hooked wide going into the turn. He was five off. He was chasing last time out. He moved up to within two, but he faded right away. His last two starts haven't been great. He His... Uh, Grade one winner earlier on in the year, multiple graded stakes winner, and he should he should send hard for the lead because there's not a ton of speed on paper, and he his best effort of getting a sliced or trying to make any large upset would be if he was right on the lead. El Tormenta, now grade one winner, multiple graded stakes winner, worked out a nice spot on the inside, saved ground, was within two, uh, moved in between horses, and then went down to the rail, was inside of Got Stormy. He fits with this group, but I'm going to look to a horse who's new to the group. And that's Circus Maximus. To me, when I look up and down this field, he looks like the only real group one type horse. He's a three-year-old, but he's already beat older. He is a just legitimate group one animal. Adds the blinks today. Last time out, I really liked his effort. He was close up on the inside. He was third. He was just behind. He got an opening. He shot through two from the rail. On the inside, he and he held off Roman eyes in a tight photo. Just key off the races going the mile. August 21st, he went right to the lead, and he just didn't really have a response late going long. And the races going a little bit longer, they're, they're easy tosses. You know, he faced a tough Japan, multiple group one winner, two darn hot, multiple group one winner. Anthony Van Dyck's going to be one of the favorites in the Breeders' Cup turf. To me... Just go up and down this field and look at every one of them and go, okay, have they been really competitive with group grade one, group ones? Are they like really group one, grade one types? It He just looks like the absolute class of the field. I think I'm going to single him in in some exotics. 
I think he's a nice pick five single And a lot of people will look to other horses To single Matoli and Midnight Bisu Who I think I'm also going to single on a different ticket But he could be a, a, a nice one Who won't be maybe as chalky as others But I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's 8-5 to five. Without parole has not raced since May He's 0 for his last 5 And he's not been close Since June of 2018 When he won This is a group 1 winner You know, He's only raced twice this year though Now he's making his first start for Chad Brown First start in the US If Chad's able to pull something like this off With improving a horse Then we're all just going to say wow And I'm going to applaud him Because this would be an incredible feat To take a horse like this Who just has not been running well as of late And has not been seen since May and steal the Breeders' Cup mile Uni, five-year-old mare Good spot to uh, to take on the boys Just crushed A group in the first lady And on, it Was ten off Was tucked inside, moved up the inside Then angled in between, got to about six off At the top of the lane and was five wide Rolling right on by Two back in the four-star Dave Maybe 15 to 20 lengths Off of it And was Inside at the rail Was last at the top of the lane Was flying through traffic Hit a tight spot late I don't think she was going to win She definitely could have finished second that day The 12 Lord Glitters His big win Was the, the Queen Anne at Ascot it Was Dead last but slowly picked his way through, taf- uh, through traffic It was a pretty determined win Since then Hasn't been able to duplicate that performance Did have some legitimate trouble though Beat, beat Romanized in that race uh, Back in June And behind Japan Behind Too Darn Hot Did have some trouble I haven't been fourth I don't think it's the strongest race I wouldn't be surprised to see him sneak into You know bottom of exotics Hey Gammon Went to the lead last time out I'm expecting him to be forwardly placed I'm just not sure if the mile is going to be his best just kind of seemed like he didn't really have much of a response when the real running started last time out. It's a tough post to deal with. Just not sure if the race shape fits him. Could be kind of in between. Forwardly placed. Now I'll try to go longer than we've seen him really be, you know, successful as of late. He's been sprinting, going seven. And, you know, if he's going to be on the lead, is he going to be as quick as some of the others who might be just. A little quicker than what he's used to It's kind of why I like Circus Maximus I think he can sit really nicely Has speed And even adding the blinkers will put him a little closer But hopefully not right on the lead And not chasing Maybe just sitting Rounding this field out with Bowie's Hero Who's quietly been a really nice Consistent graded stakes type over the last couple years Now a multiple Grade 1 winner With the Keeneland Last time out and stole a grade one Where he settled in eighth He was just three, four off Angle to the outside Was up for a clear win It was a really nice ride He knows his course well Back home at Santa Anita Bowie's hero I have 9-11-3-12 In the Breeders' Cup mile Feel like the nine is going to be really tough in here Circus Maximus The 11, Uni The three, Space Traveler And the 12 Lord Glitters under in Exotics Got Stormy underneath Fine I'm, I'm talking about I'll probably use those in some way shape or form Maybe in the in the win end But like 9 over I wouldn't talk you off Got Stormy 
But remember, when you're playing exotics and stuff, it just can't be all A, B, Cs. And what I mean by that, it can't be all first choice, second choice, third choice if you want to make a little money. Race number 10 is the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Three races to go. Don't forget to get the call to post.com right now. They have a member's area. So you'll see right up to become a member. You can sign up and you will get access to the Slack channel. I'm in there. They're going to have a Saturday contest For the Breeders' Cup, it is free to get involved. They'll send you all the instructions. They're going to have $500 in prizes and giveaways. Really fun, competitive atmosphere for horse racing fans where you can like have some fun, joke around, share handicapping angles, share your tickets. People will be rooting for you, uh, share fun stories, and just talk with other horse players. I'm in there all the time. They have big contests, free contests to get in on a lot of the big days. It is absolutely worth becoming a member of Call to post.com Do you have what it takes To handicap with the best It's all free Get the call to post.com Race number 10 Breeders Cup Distaff Paradise Woods kicks things off From the inside She might be the The only one in here That's capable With a really good effort Of beating Midnight Bisu. She freaked in the Santa Margarita. But you'll, you'll notice, like, she was third in this race in 2017, Paradise Woods. And then she kind of went into a little bit of a funk. She changed barns, came to the sheriff's barn, took a few starts to get going. And then it was in April, when, going a mile in an eighth, when she was awesome. And she ran one of the best races of her life. July the 28th, in the Clement Hurst, she had trouble. It was really June 1st and. July the 28th when she had trouble back to back June 1st she had a bad start She ended up 4th of 5 She was 3 off She was tucks inside She moved to within a length But then she had to kind of tap on the brakes And then she had to you know, angle all the way around And she finished 2nd behind LaForce Clement Hirsch Was 3 off was in between, took back out of it And she was just taken back a little farther Than she should Her weapon is that she has really good cruising speed When she's able to just get to the outside and cruise They can go quick, she can sit right off And then just crush She couldn't go on with Secret Spice In the uh, the Clement Hirsch Who kind of loomed up and then finished second Behind Ollie's Candy But last out, Paradise Woods really was nice In winning and She came back to Santa Anita Where she's really good she was just on the outside And that's just When she sits that kind of a trip She was just on the outside of Secret Spice Who set the pace And after a stretch battle She wore down Secret Spice And she hauls off Ollie's Candy Right next door Ollie's Candy battled And went into grade one Clement Hirsch He came back on the inside But on September In the September race She just was really no match for uh, for Paradise Woods I'm going to pick Street Band second in this race I liked her a lot in the Cotillion I'm not sure if she's going to be ready to deal with the Midnight Bisu right next door to her. But her last two races, even on August the 17th, she was in the slop, in traffic, in the two path in between. You know, she was fifth. She was a couple lengths off. She waited patiently behind horses and she was up right with the leaders to the top of the lane. She lost a tight photo for second. Came back and won the Cotillion, beating Guarana. Coming from way out of it I don't think she'll have an issue with the distance You know the mile and a quarter race I thought was pretty good Mile and a she should be fine with 
I have her pick second. I like Street Band. I thought she's done a great job. Sophie Doyle's been awesome with her. Midnight Bisu really, really love this filly. It's tough to to knock what she's done. It's funny because her her year started at Sam Houston on January the twenty seventh with sort of a disappointing win. She was all out. She did not look like she was going to win that day. And then she came back and she beat Elate a couple times when Elate was kind of proposed to, to be the better horse. And she was not favored in the Ogden Phipps against Come Dancing in Midnight Beast who won easily. She's just taken another step. She's so professional. She can loom up the inside. She can move to the outside. She's maneuverable. She can show a little speed if she has to, but she's best just sitting a couple lengths off with a target. Very push button. In the personal ensign, that was probably one of the best races of the year with her and Elate when they were battling, and Mike Smith was able to angle her all the way around the outside. It wasn't the typical race. We haven't seen Midnight Bisu really coming from last in the small field earlier throughout the year. She was kind of tucking in and sitting pretty close, and she came from way out of it. Not way out of it, I guess three or four lengths, but she was last and had to pass them all and come to the middle of the track. And then... You know, in her last two starts, what's nice is she's proved that she can win at a mile and an eighth. That was always the knock on Midnight Bisu. How far does she want to go? Her best race is all at, at a mile and a sixteenth. She's a very logical single in here. And I'm not I'm not gonna be trying to beat her, or I'm not gonna try to try to get too cute in this race in in a lot of uh, in a lot of ways. Dunbar Rhodes big win was the Alabama. Last out she sat a close up second. Maybe third, fourth, kind of in that mix. She was inside. She was within two. She got shuffled from the inside a little bit. She kept it the inside. She got an opening. She moved through, but she couldn't really quicken behind Blue Prize. So Dunbar Road was third. I'm not sure if I love. I love that race for her coming into this. Wildcat took a big shot at Midnight Beast, who last out. Wildcat was second in the distaff last year in front of Midnight Beast, who. And then didn't race this year until July Showed up and was second And then came back and had to deal with Midnight Bisu in August and September And it was last time out when Wildcat tried to sit right behind Midnight Bisu And then move with her Wildcat was third, was a couple lengths off Loomed up They bumped at the top early in the stretch And then Midnight Bisu kind of just spurted clear Wildcat was really no match for her late But she took a shot The Seven of Secret Spice who is a nice, nice filly. I just wish she had had maybe decided to cut back and run in the filly and mare sprint. I don't know if she wants to go a mile and an eighth. And she is a grade one winner. And if you look at her last four races, they've been really, really good. I mean, she really doesn't have many bad races on the paper at all. But she was behind Ollie's candy two back when it looked like she was just going to blow right by. And last out, she was behind Paradise Woods when she got the lead. Pretty easily But just did, had to, to deal with Paradise Woods Kind of pressing her from the outside Under at best for me I'm going to have her in like The fourth fifth spot if you're looking for bottom of Exotics Law Force is just a, a big bust out long shot Maybe you know fourth or fifth spot She was eighth in this race last year And she won a graded Stakes early in the year but it was really Because it was a race that Paradise Woods Got in some trouble and got boxed in and that's the thing we'll see with a couple of these horses coming up. Um, Mike Smith on on Midnight Bisu, and 
he knows Bisu very well, and I'm sure he would have had to, you know, pick Midnight Bisu over Paradise Woods in this race, anyways. But he got Paradise Woods in trouble a couple times this year. It was probably the Santa Margarita and the the Clement Hirsch that she just wasn't in the best spot to win, and they made the change to Sadio, who will be riding Paradise Woods in this race. Mike Mike's on Midnight Bisu, who he's been on for quite a while. He wasn't on last time out, but that was just a Scheduling thing He had other other riding commitments Serengeti Empress The Kentucky Oaks winner She'll be facing older And other speed She's going to have to deal with Paradise Woods Ollie uh, Secret Spice And mostly Cal to the outside I was really impressed In a couple races this year With Serengeti Empress And the Acorn And in the test And she was behind Gurana And Kofifi She actually battled on Really well In, in both of those races even, even when she was beaten Six lengths I wish she was Another one that would be In the Philly and Mary Sprint Like Secret Spice And Serengeti Empress I would give a long look to In that race She was inside speed Last time out But she couldn't get to the lead She was back to third She's like a length and a half off She just is not the same When she has to sit she came up into contention. She tried to angle in the two path and then she faded. And I, I maybe they send her hard and they try to wire this group. But can she hold off Midnight Bisu? Can she clear what looks like at least a couple other speeds? Mosi Cal's one of them. It's a big step up for Mosi Cal, though. She wired a field of five. She crossed over. She was able to clear off a length. It was a pretty easy win. But this is a a tough spot for her And then Blue Prize Who is a multiple grade 1 winner now She waited nicely at the back of the pack She was just 3 off She was in 5th It was a small field She angled 4 wide all the way around And went really right by Elate Who will be facing the boys Elate would have been you know a top you know 2 or 3 choice in this race She was 4th in the distaff Last year, Blue Prize finishing right behind Midnight Bisu and Wow Cat. And I wouldn't tell you, uh, you know, much negative about Blue Prize. This to me just feels like a race where it's Midnight Bisu and and she'd have to run and really not show up with her best effort. And if someone like Paradise Woods did, she'd be really tough. I also think Street Band is a nice kind of up and coming three year old. So I have four, three, one, Midnight Bisu. Street Band, Paradise Woods uh, The number 11, Blue Prize And the 7 If you're looking for uh, another uh, Prize Secret Spice Who who could be in the mix Breeders' Cup Turf, just two, la- two races left uh, The 11th race, mile and a half Zulu Alpha, we kick things off from the inside Really strong September 7th race In the Kentucky Turf Cup Big move Last time out was inside, was behind horses Got beat to a spot and it was just didn't really show much, and I don't think he could he could beat this type of a group. Acclimate has big early speed. He and he's going to show that 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 speed to you. He really tried hard after opening up, you know, five lengths and looked like he was going to run away. And a lot of times those runaway horses stop badly So he looked like he was going to run, run away Then he looked like he was going to stop But he really tried tried hard He's a multiple graded stakes winner And he's going to be sent hard He's at least an underneath type horse To use at a big price So use him in like the bottom of your tries and supers 
United has some upside I just think this is a little bit much for him He's lightly raced He's missed a, like a race or two And, and that could hurt him Coming off of a, a September third, a September 28th Third played finish where he was taken back to 5th But he was 12 lengths off Chasing Acclimate who spread The field out that day United came running but he was just a little too far back He closed well Couldn't make up the ground Now he's going to have to face tougher He's going to have to face horses going a mile and a half For the first time Keep an eye on him for uh, For maybe later in the year Early next year Mount Everest doesn't really feel like a top tier Aiden O'Brien This barn has not had a ton of success As of late in the US He was a fine second behind Japan But that was going a mile and, And he has not shown a lot of success Going a mile and a half Right next door, Anthony Van Dyck has Been really good at a mile and a half I think he's one of the top uh, Plays in this race, to me this is a really Chalky race, I'm going to be Just using the top three And betting choices And and maybe one other price In in some exotics, and Anthony Van Dyck will be one of them His third place effort last time out was pretty good He settled inside, he was fourth, he was fifth He was three off, he had to wait and and find an opening He started the rally but he really couldn't get going He was third He just got beat for second He's been behind Magical and Enable in, in recent starts He is a group one winner He was last year's Breeders Cup Juvenile Turf favorite He didn't run well that, that day But this is a race they've been pointing to for a while And it's a little different when you're pointing to a race Than when you kind of come over at, 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 When it's an afterthought So I think he, he has a big shot of the Aiden O'Brien's I have him picked in third, but he's to me right in the top tier with the top three like really betting choices. Channel Cat is the six, one of four from the Joe Hirsch turf last time out. He was tucked inside in fourth, two, three off. He waited behind horses. He tried to angle out, but he couldn't really quicken. He's one of the horses who would just things would really need to break right for him. It was a tough race though Because the horses who were 1-2-3 They finished 1-2-3 It was a, a slow race And it was, you couldn't really make up ground that day But Channel Cat I guess I'll mention him with Channel Maker He, he kind of looks similar to me In that I wouldn't be shocked to see them jump up With a good effort and hit the board But it's just really hard to trust them Because I, I don't know if they're as good As the top horses And they would need things to really go their way Alanok Comes off an effort where he was fit the six, he was tucked inside, he moved in between horses. Uh, he had dead aim, but he just couldn't go on with Desert Encounter. And I don't know if that was the strongest Canadian. Bandua will will likely be you know forwardly placed, but he's just one for his last twelve. Uh, major question marks at the mile and a half distance. He was close up on the inside. He took back to thirty, angled up in between, but he tired late. In the Shadwell He did hold on pretty well in the uh, Arlington Million When finishing third behind Bricks and Mortar Right next door We haven't seen Bricks and Mortar since August He's going to be your favorite And he's never gone a mile and a half But he's won races at a mile A mile and a sixteenth, a mile and an eighth, a mile and three sixteenths And a mile and a quarter Are you you that worried about the additional Distance? I'm really not I guess I am enough to make Bricks and Mortar my Second selection, but he's not a favorite that I'm chucking out and trying to beat in here. Last time we saw him in the Arlington Million, he was fifth. He was sixth. 
you know, in that mix, he was tucked inside. He was waiting for room behind horses. He got a great opening. He angled out three deep and he just went right by. I'll have him second in here. Because I do like old Persian a, a little bit. He's just a true mile and a halfer. He's another horse who's been pointing to this race for a while. The Dubai Shima Classic. He was waiting inside third, fourth. He was just a couple lengths off. He was always traveling well. He angled out three deep and then he exploded and he opened up a three and he held on. It was a really good win. And he looks like he rounded back into form. He came over and he just beat up better in the Northern Dancer. Sure, I don't think, you know, I'm not using him based solely off that win. I, I like the win, the wins earlier in the year at Maidan when he had some trouble. Just feels like a real mile and a halfer. Third start in his current form cycle. Gonna be our top selection. We'll make a win wager on him if we can get around that price. Maybe like seven to two. I wouldn't want to go under three to one. But to me, he just feels like one of a couple real top tier win contenders. Arklo would be right on the fringes of, of like a real win contender. Of everyone in here, I think he could jump up with a good effort. He was three wide all the way around. He was able to wear his rivals down. And he just always shows up with a real consistent effort. I expect him to be in the exotic somewhere. Use him in your in your tries and your supers and maybe as kind of the price. 10, 9, 5, 11. So very formful, really chalky in this race for me with just your top betting choices. But at least we'll put Old Persian, who maybe we can get as your third choice in here, over Bricks and Mortar, over Anthony Van Dyck, over Arklo. Closing things out with the Breeders' Cup Classic. Big thank you for everyone tuning in again. Appreciate you you being here with me all the way, I'm sure. It's a lot to hear me talking all the way through But I just like to give everybody as much information as possible I know you're not going to all play the same way The same wagers, the same races And, you know, I think every horse deserves to get really analyzed and broken down Some horses you spend a few more minutes on than others But everybody gets to, at least when it comes to these big days and these big races Like Breeders' Cup, everyone deserves a shout at least And at least a mention when they make it this far So, a math wizard We'll close things out in the Breeders' Cup Classic with Math Withers from the inside. He was a maiden 16 claimer earlier in the year. He was then claimed for 25. He was in the same 16 claimer as maximum security, which is unbelievable to think about. Math Wizard is now a grade one winner. He settled. He came rolling. He went from inside last all the way, angled around five deep. He beat some of the best three-year-olds. He's now a grade one winner, but can he step up versus the best? Take another step forward. Seeking the Soul has tailed off a little bit. He was your runner-up in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile last year. He is a grade one winner. He finished second in the Stephen Foster, which is a grade two. I just don't know if he's really a mile and a quarter horse. He was your... Pacific Classic favorite I thought he was you know, like a standout on paper that day When you really looked at the field He looked like one of the best in what didn't seem Like the strongest field on paper He was three deep at the, the back of the pack In his last start And He Just was no match For McKinsey When McKinsey kind of took off Chasing Mongolian groom Finished fourth The 
behind Mongolian Groove, McKinsey, higher power. He's going to have to deal with higher power, who he's faced in his last couple starts, and Mongolian Groove. McKinsey, he's seen a couple times too. So he's going to really need a form reversal at a distance that may not be his favorite. I've Owendale picked in the fourth spot here. Uh, he's in a really nice year. He ran one bad race at Fairgrounds earlier in the year. His Travers really wasn't that bad. In the Fairgrounds race, he got hooked really, really wide. It's a nice third in the Preakness behind War of Will. He's at three graded stakes wins on the year. The most recent one was the Oklahoma Derby at Remington Park. He was three deep early. He was towards the rear. He made a big middle move. He was right up into contention. It was four wide at the top of the lane. He was able to wear the rivals down, and he kicked away while the the group of three behind him all battled for the minor awards. War of Will, your Preakness winner, who's going to add the blinkers. He was in the Derby in that incident. Disqualification with maximum security He was in the Preakness where he won He came back and ran in the Belmont We last saw War of Will in the Pennsylvania Derby He was right with the leaders early He took back, he angled around, he pressed He never really looked at his best Though, or or like the winner But he actually did battle on And he held pretty well right in the mix You gotta expect him to be forwardly placed in here I'm gonna make Yoshida my slight top selection Thought he was going to have such a good year after that fourth in the Breeders' Cup Classic last year when he angled out wide in the Classic and it looked for a minute like he was going to win the race and then he flattened out a little bit and then he he tried the Pegasus World Cup turf he was behind bricks and mortar he went to Dubai he was behind you know Thunder Snow he came back in the the Foster he, he wasn't great that day and it feels like he's kind of gotten back into. A groove in his last couple starts In the Whitney on August the 3rd He was last He split horses and angled around Widest of all 6-7 wide with that big patented move And August the 31st He trailed, he started the move 5 off at the top of the lane He angled out I thought it was a pretty good effort He's finished in, cu- in front of a couple next out Winners last out Including Mongolian Groom Who's a grade 1 winner Including Tom's Diatot who just won a grade 2 Including Mr. Buff who won a New York Red Stakes I think there are a lot of things to like about Yoshida You get Yoshida with Mike Smith jumping aboard And Mike Smith, he got taken off McKinsey He knows McKinsey well You know he wants to get a little revenge back on Baffert For taking him off McKinsey Who's going to probably be your favorite in here Let's make a win wager on Yoshida If we can get around 5-1 to or over Then we have the Merrill 8 she was three deep into the turn in her last start. She loomed up at three deep at the top of the lane. She looked like she was going to win pretty easily. She took the lead, but she couldn't hold off Blue Prize, who she's beat a couple times earlier in this year. That was supposed to be the, the easy prep to get her ready for the Classic against the boys. And so now she's coming off back-to-back losses. She's been beat by Midnight Bisu a couple times this year. No shame in that. But is she coming into this race in the best form? She's crushed Phillies and Mares at a mile and a quarter She's 3 for 3 I like the fact that this is the plan And you probably get a better price on her Because she didn't win that last race Maybe she's you know, 7 to 2 And battling for favoritism If she wins the spinster Instead you might get you know, 5 or 6 to 1 We'll put her in the 3rd spot Higher power was a non-threatening 3rd In the awesome again last out But his big W was in the Pacific Classic When he sat just off the leader quip He 
moved early to the lead and he opened up three at the top of the stretch and put away a suspect group. But then he came back with a with an okay third. He, like I said, he wasn't ever going to win the race, but he hit the board in a small field after a, a, a tough start where you stumble and you miss and you really have no shot to win that race after the slow start. McKenzie, you go all the way back to the Santa Anita handicap. He was second, beating just a a nose and. He sat third, he was three deep in the clear He took back, he was three lengths uh, Off That was the the issue that I had with um, I, I love Mike Smith and I think he's Excellent rider, one of the all time greats And he fits a lot of horses well But it seems like with a couple horses Like McKinsey and Paradise Woods They weren't put in the best spots A couple times throughout the year And you know, you look at McKinsey In the, in the Sandy to Handicap he took him off a, a couple lengths And that might have been the difference between winning and losing He takes back and then he has to come on again If he's maybe able to just kind of stay in his spot And not track back and, and float out And kind of lose a little bit of interest And maybe that is just McKinsey We'll see with the new rider Because he did the same thing in the Ali Sheba He was in it and then he dropped back a little bit again And then in the Met He took him back way too far And, and even in the Ali Sheba he wins He comes back in the Met And I thought he really should have beat Matoli that day He comes flying up the inside He had a ton of trouble He was blocked repeatedly If you read the running lines I mean he he really had a lot of traffic He was looking for somewhere to go multiple times And just got shut off Then in the Whitney he wins That's the type of trip he should sit His speed is a weapon. He should be using it. I don't think he should be on the lead, but he should always be sitting really co- close, pressing, and then trying to move to the lead and open up a couple lengths and get a little separation. Because he's not a horse who wants to go a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half. He's he might just win this race because he's better. And if you like McKinsey, he's you're going to get a better price on him now too because he probably would have been eight to five. He might still be eight to five, but he definitely would. He, he definitely would have been like eight to five, maybe morning line and. And a really short price favorite if he won the awesome again. He's six for six in the exacta this year, but he's only won twice. And at least two of those defeats were probably rider error, maybe a third. And again, not everyone fits every horse. And that's why you have a new a new jock in here with Rosario. And Baffert gets stubborn with these types. And maybe it is just McKinsey and we'll see And maybe it wasn't Mike Smith and maybe Mike Smith Was doing everything he could and McKinsey Just gets a little lazy and does drop back And maybe he doesn't really have that killer instinct late And he's just a horse who's going to run You know second But generally when Baffert wants to prove a point with the horse He does and I think I'm expecting McKinsey to show up with a really big effort I'm not going to try to you know beat him or go against him Have to mention Mongolian groom and what you know He's been doing as of late It goes back to the big cap where he was third And you know he was second In the San Diego handicap behind Catalina Cruiser And people thought uh, kind of a fluke And Catalina Cruiser maybe he didn't run well But then Mongolian Groom came back and was third In the Pacific Classic He went over to Saratoga and he wasn't Beating a whole heck of a lot in the Woodward And then he comes back and he wins The awesome again and he beats McKenzie He stole the race last out on the front end Really good job by His connections just taking Shots in the big, big races And then the final two will be Vino Rosso and Code of Honor who were Facing each other last out Let's start with Vino Rosso who is a Really should be a multiple grade one winner This year He was actually in the 7 furlong Carter And then he stretched out to the Gold Cup At, at Santa Anita and so he's a winner over this track Going a mile and a quarter Which you, you have to like No match for McKinsey and Yoshida in the Whitney 
And he crossed the wire first in the jockey club last time out. You know, he got the lead by a length. He was clear over Tacitus, who came up and, and pressured him. But he was able to put away Tacitus, clear off, and then he had to deal with Code of Honor. And Code of Honor and Vino Rosso were battling and bumping, and Code of Honor might have gotten in front at one moment, but Vino Rosso battles back. And I thought it was just a really tough race to DQ a horse because it, it just seemed like a horse race where two horses were battling it out. Vino R- Rosso was the determined winner that day. He crossed the wire first, but he was uh, disqualified in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. And I thought it was the wrong call. And there's no knocking Code of Honor. He had a really nice year, but what a weird year, right? He was put up the second via disqualification in the Kentucky Derby And then put up the first via disqualification in the Jockey Club Gold Cup But he won the Fountain of Youth He was third in the Florida Derby And then since the Kentucky Derby He seemed like he's taken that next step He came back in the Dwyer was really impressive In the Travers he saved ground He was ninth He was just you know six off He started the move to the outside He was out in the center of the racetrack And he drew off late and last time out, it was just a small field in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. He was last of five. Code of Honor was moving through. He saved ground. He was up to fourth. And then he was just three, four lengths off of it. He loomed up three deep. He stuck his nose in front for a moment. It was a really fun stretch battle. And I thought he was excellent, but he, he felt like he was just second best that day. And he got put up for the win. So he's actually won three races in a row. And I, I have him in like the bottom of the exotics I just don't like him quite as much as uh, I, I like a couple others in here So I have this race with the 5 Yoshida over the 8 McKenzie over the 6 Elate, that's my top tier Those top 3, then I have Owendale And Code of Honor In the next tier So let's go quickly through the selections For today Fourth race, the number eight, Dawn the Destroyer. If we get ten to one, let's make a win wager. Sixth race, the number four, Mr. Money. At four to one, let's make a win wager. Eleventh race, the number ten. We're gonna make a win wager on Old Persian. If we can get seven to two, and then Yoshida. If we can get five to one, we'll make a, a win wager on Yoshida in the twelfth. And then exotics, we have the fourth race. Pick four in the fourth We're going to play two different approaches This is always how I play uh, When I play exotics I'm always going to play two different approaches Because I like to play the two different tickets off of each other And one race I'll sing One ticket I'll single And then another ticket I'll, I'll play uh, You know uh, I'll, I'll, I'll can spread out and kind of Use a couple different horses in the race that we single And maybe key on, on a different horse or two So let's go to the fourth race That's the start of the the pick four with the Breeders' Cup races First ticket is going to be a ticket That we're going to single Mr. Money So I want to make sure If we if we Mr. Money wins We hit this we hit this ticket So I'm going to use 4, 6, 8, 9 And if you want to use Kofivi go ahead So 1, 4, 6, 8, 9 in there In the 5th race 2, 3, 5 6, 10, 12 2, 3, 5, 6, 10, 12 You're spreading out using all the horses in that Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint 6th race Mr. Money, we're singling in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. And the seventh race, depending on if you want to use Sister Charlie or not, the one Iridessa, the two Sister Charlie, the four uh, Billston Brook, the nine Villa Marina, and the 12 Fanny Logan. One more time on that first pick four. So remember, 
the reason why I would be okay in on these tickets with using horses like Kofibi or Sister Charlie, who I don't like as much and I won't use on the other ticket, is because I'm only going to be using Mr. Money in the third spot. So I know this isn't going to be a ticket that's going to pay Chalky. And in the case that we hit Mr. Money and maybe in the fifth race we were able to catch a, a price in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, we would at least want to have had Kofibi to get this thing started or, you know, Sister Charlie if we need to close it out. But on the other approach, second ticket, it'll be four, six, eight in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint in race number four. So we'll be using Come Dancing, Bellafina, and Dawn the Destroyer to kick off that pick four. We'll go fifth race, two, three, 10, 12, Pure Sensation, Imprimis. We'll use the 10. Eddie Haskell and the 12 Belvoir Bay in the sixth race. We're going to go four, five, nine in there. Mr. Money will use Omaha Beach. We'll use Diamond Oops in there. And then to close things out in the seventh race, we'll go one, four, nine, 12. Iridessa, Billiston Brook, Villa Marina, and Fanny Logan. So there are two different pick fours for you in race number four. And we'll close it out with the pick fives in race number eight. So these will be the eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Close things out. Pick fives starts in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. First ticket, all. Yeah, what? All? Really? Yeah, we're going to go all on the first ticket. It's going to be a field of nine now with the scratch of Landiscog. I mean, any of these could win. I think you just buy the race and, and and instead of going like seven or eight deep, let's just buy this race. We're going to go all to start the the pick five. Then we can shorten up a little bit in race number nine in the mile, which to me just doesn't seem like the strongest race on paper. I think you can go three, nine, 11 in here. Um, if you want to go a little shorter, even the nine, I really think is a standout and I'll single the nine on the second ticket, but we'll go three, nine, 11 here with space traveler, with Circus Maximus and with Uni. Single Midnight Bisu in the Distaff on this ticket. In race number 10. And then in race number 11, we'll go 5, 9, 10, and 11. We'll use Anthony Van Dyck. We'll use Bricks and Mortar. We'll use Old Persian. And we'll use Arklow. Close things out in the Breeders' Cup Classic. We'll go 5, 6, 8 with this ticket. That's Yoshida, Elate, and McKinsey, our top tier. One more time, repeating the first pick five, all with 3-9-11, with four, with 5-9-10-11, with 5-6-8. Second pick four, or second pick five in race number eight. one six nine. This is the one we'll take the shot against Matoli. We'll go Catalina Cruiser, Chancelot, and Imperial Hint. We'll single the nine, Circus Maximus there. One, three, four, seven, eleven in the distaff. So this race will use a few others along with with Midnight Bisu. All the horses that we think could have a shot in there will use uh, five, nine, and ten in race number eleven. So that's Anthony Van Dyck, that's Bricks and Mortar, and that's Old Persian. And then we'll even use a couple more in the Breeders' Cup Classic here with a three, five, six, eight, and eleven. So one, six, nine. With nine, with one, three, four, seven, eleven, with five, nine, ten, with three, five, six, eight, eleven. There is your pick five. 
thank you for listening to me for uh, quite a while, folks. You're awesome. Appreciate you supporting. That's what G said. Make sure to download, subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. And we'll be back with another episode in just a few days where we go through the Saturday Stable Duel lineup. We'll give you our NCAA football plays for the weekend, a couple NFL plays for the weekend. We'll check in on the Lakers.